What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. I'm your host, BJ Parker, and I appreciate you joining me. And uh, thanks for everybody for listening, uh, sharing, rating, subscribing. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. This is a blast to do. I hope you're getting some out of it, learning about the industry, learning about things and and people and, and what they're doing and what they're dealing with. And I, I just appreciate everything you've uh, done. And um, this episode is going to uh, change up a little bit. We're, I have a uh, friend of mine who is um, – he – uh, started a company called Just Love Coffee, and they have uh, several stores in Murfreesboro, in the Middle Tennessee area, uh, Brentwood, Nolansville. He 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 go kind of goes into a little bit of it, but uh, really cool dude. The premise behind Just Love Coffee is uh, donation to adoption. Um, but the cool thing about it is, is me and Rob have known each other for uh, going over thirty years. We've been in the music business. Or uh, we've done a lot of music together for a long time, and we're currently uh, writing songs and just having a blast as a hobby. And Rob's been in the music business; he uh, he's played at the Apollo, and so he has a cool story. But this episode has nothing to do with turf, nothing to do with golf or greens or anything. And so, if you're interested in learning about old school hip hop um, music in general, how to put things together, all the different things. We talk about a gamut of things. We we talk about anything and everything when it comes to music and just had a blast doing that. And uh, Rob Webb is a friend of mine, someone I've known for an awful long time. Just Love Coffee is a local business. They're going through all the hard times that everybody's going through. So please be sure to support your uh, local businesses local industries, everything you can possibly do during this difficult time. And I just wanted to share a different perspective about me, about the things that I'm enjoying, about the things that I'm doing, and and take this podcast in a slightly different direction. Don't worry. We're not going to stray too far uh, as far as what I talk about and what we do on here. Uh, we'll, we'll be back to some regularly scheduled programming, if you will. But I just wanted to talk uh, some music and some pop culture. So I grabbed my boy, my uh, – my uh, sidekick in the group Break 2, which is available on SoundCloud. Uh, hope you can check it out. Hope you enjoy it. Um, but here is the episode with Rob Webb. He is the uh, CEO, owner, and founder of Just Love Coffee. And we talk music and more. Enjoy the episode. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. We're live, man. Welcome to uh, Making the Turn podcast. I'm your host, BJ Parker, and uh, we're going to do something a little different. I got a buddy, friend of mine I've known for a long time. We write a bunch of music together. Uh, we're creating a band, a group, whatever you call it. I don't know what we're calling it, but it's called Break Two. And uh, what's happening, Rob Webb? How what's you doing, buddy? How you, I'm good, man. How, how's everything? Oh, you know, I'm like everybody else, man. I'm holed up in the house. Uh, got a lot of time to write music. Uh, yeah, man, just trying to keep it going. Well, um, before we get into kind of what we're going to do tonight and um, just talk a little pop culture and mostly hip hop and a bunch of stuff that we're into and things like that that I think people enjoy listening to, kind of introduce yourself, kind of uh, tell me or tell my audience, I know a lot about you, but uh, what you're doing, what you got going and uh, how they can uh, come in contact with you. 
Yeah. So uh, right now, uh, my main hustle is uh, Just Love Coffee. Uh, we've got 14 stores open, coffee shop, and a waffle-based menu for food. Uh, we give back to uh, adopted families on, from uh, our online program. So for every bag you buy, $5 of that goes to an adopted family. Straight up. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I've got two adopted kids of my own yep. from Ethiopia. So um, uh, that was near and dear to my heart. So that's when I started the business 10 years ago, that's what I modeled it around. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, that's that's that monopolizes my days. And then at night, you know, I'm in the studio word. And, um, I don't want to dive too deep in this cause it's, you know, everybody's de- dealing with some rough times, but how's things kind of hanging, uh, how's things affected you in this whole weird oh, time we got, man, uh, sales are down about 80%. Um, you know, we're really pushing curbside and, uh, delivery service. Yeah. And it's hurting, man. Um, you know, it, it, the franchise company that I own, uh, we've got no revenue coming in right now. So, yeah. you know, it's craziness, man. Yep. It's, it's crazy. It's like the great depression. Yeah. Well, um, you got, uh, I, I, I'm praying for you, man. I hope you hang in there and you know me, I, I got, we're uh, doing this thing. We're having a lot of fun, but I know just love is a, is a, a near and dear to your heart. And so, uh, just keep grinding. And I think we're going to all pull through this, man. Yeah, man. I'm a survivor. We'll make it through. Oh, word. Well, tell, uh, you got, uh, stores in Brentwood, Murfreesboro, where, tell everybody where you close to, uh, we're in Tennessee. So where yeah, you- yes. Uh, I got three in Murfreesboro and then we've got one in Brentwood, one in Nashville, Spring Hill. We got a Nolensville store opening up in a couple of weeks. All right. You know, probably not a couple of weeks. It's probably going to be more like six weeks with yep. this, COVID thing going on, but, yeah. uh, and we got Michigan, Florida, Texas, uh, we, you know, we got some of the outskirts. So, Word. well, uh, man, ready to dive into this hip hop stuff with you. Let's do it, man. We, um, we've been doing this thing for a long time. I, uh, I tell people on my podcast all the time that how I even got into this was I was, I DJed in high school and college and had some equipment and had a ability to find my way around some production equipment and it fell into podcasts, but you've been, uh, you've been doing this for a while now. You, and, uh, we, uh, we started writing some music together. It's kind of a continuation of something we've been doing for 30 plus years. So I'm in, uh, I've been having a big time doing it, but, uh, talk a little bit about your music side. Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew up playing classical piano and, you know, went ahead and, and studied that in college and, and in uh, graduate school. Yep. But, um, Man, I think it was probably 1985. I I got a couple turntables and a Gemini mixer. Yeah, uh, may have been 86. I can't really remember. But man, there's a. I, I remember the specific time that I just was blown away by the music. You know, because you got to remember that. You know, all this stuff was new. Like. Every every rap song that came out was a new sound. Yep. And so I was at Anthony Adams' birthday party. Shout out. Remember, yep. Yep. And uh, we were we were over at the um, I don't know it was some kind of club at a pool party, and Andrew had a boombox, <laughs> and Andrew Adams throws on this tape, and it's mm, ch- mm, mm, ch- mm, 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 mm. 
And man, if hard times didn't come hard on, times. I was on the high dive, man. <laughs> I was like, what is this? And man, I was hooked after that. So, you know, back in the day, it was, um, there wasn't a whole lot to choose from. You know, back then it was, you, you had Run DMC, Houdini, Fat Boys. Um, you know, you had like Melly Mel and, you know, those guys sure. had the break, you know, the, had those break. Remember those breakdance tapes that come out with, uh, had like Nucleus. Jam and, on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We man. can't play any music, but we'd get in trouble, but you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what, what, uh, so what were the first ones that you remember listening to? I know you were sort of rattling them off like Houdini and, and we both grew yeah. up, we're about the same age, but yeah, um, yeah. what were your influences? Man, the very early on, uh, UTFO, um, Curtis Blow, uh, I, I remember, I remember getting that uh, album Ego Trip, and that's the one that has basketball, yep. AJ Scratch, as a classic. Uh, of course, you know when I heard that Run DMC, man, I was hooked. Um, and the, man, one of the most underrated groups that. Uh, they they rarely get any props. You don't hear. You know, I've I watched that whole hip hop evolution on Netflix. Yeah, that's great. Not, I don't I don't think maybe they did maybe they did mention the Fat Boys, but it wasn't much. It wasn't much, and I think they they're probably the most underrated group from. Oh, the, Fat the Boys Earth. was the jam. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. I used, yeah. I used to want to be a beatboxer. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. We so, uh, we uh. You know, those uh, all those influences that you mentioned are some of the same ones that we both grew up with, and and I think I think uh, I probably probably the Run DMC, uh, Jam Master J. That's mm-hmm. when it that I think I was kind of a borderline whether I liked it or not. But that was the that was for me was probably the one that put me over the top of all the ones. And I mean, I liked Houdini and some of the old, you know. Um, yeah. you know, old school Curtis Blow like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I fell yeah. in love with Sucker MCs was probably I was like, I'm gonna learn every word of that song. I learned every word of five minutes of funk. Yeah. Houdini. <laughs> yep. Every word. And then of course, you know, I I could pro- I probably got that whole first run DMC record memorized. Yeah. So do you remember the first song you ever put together? Oh man. Um man, I did this really hokey song with a Casio keyboard in fifth grade. So what would that have been? That'd have been 80, 83, yeah. 84. Um, and I went to middle Tennessee Christian school and it was just called MTCS and Chris Edwards and I did, <laughs> did that. And, uh, man, that's the earliest one I can remember. Now I had, um, my first drum machine was called Sinsonic Drums. If you Google that, you'll you could find them on eBay or something. But it was just uh, four pads that you could beat with drumsticks. Yep. And, and then it had like maybe sixteen buttons at the bottom. Yeah. Basically, it had four sounds. Uh, and that's really what I, you know, I kind of did that. But I did a lot of uh, tape mixing. So I, if people don't really know what you know dub you know dub tapes were. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would take like run dmc and you would play play a line uh record it pause it rewind it unpause it record it again so you get that repeat right yeah so that was how i was doing my first mixtapes before i got turntables yeah so you had the techniques 1200s 
I didn't. I couldn't afford them. You didn't get them in time. A time, did no, you? I, I, dude, I went all the way to. I freaking went to Harlem, New York, played the Apollo with uh, Scott's turntables. Really? Yeah, just belt. It wasn't. It, they were belt-driven turntables. They weren't direct yeah. drive. I didn't get twelve hundreds until ninety-six. Are the are the twelve hundreds the like DJ? I mean, back in the day, they were the they were the. the oh jam. yeah. Yeah, that was that was it, man. You, yeah. I had to, man. The turntables I had, I had a quarter on the head of both of my. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah, taped to the top of the needle. Yeah, taped yeah. to the top of the needle, yeah. so it wouldn't skip. We had to do. We the arm wasn't heavy enough. <laughs> uh, uh-uh. we had to do that. I remember we were uh, we were DJing them high school da- uh, dances after the games and stuff, and I'm like, yeah. you have to do what you got to do. <laughs> That's right, man. It was. It, it, it depended on the record. You have to change it between a, a, a dime, a nickel, or a quarter, depending yeah. on the, how much weight you needed. You probably had more of that calculated. I was just having a blast, man. But uh, you always had the talent for it, man. And uh, we'll, we'll come back to the Apollo uh, because you mentioned it a little bit. But uh, you got into the game full on. Um, and uh, so tell that story a little bit about how – you actually produced, did some records. Got a uh, you and another guy, you know Raymond, yeah. and and y'all y'all uh y'all made it all the way up there. Yeah. Uh, so I was man, I was collecting gear. You know, like back then, you know the SP twelve hundred was really popular. Eight hundred eight. Um, you know the the equipment though was so expensive, and yeah. so I um. Man, I I found this uh, sampler called a FC One. It was a Casio, but it was a it was their one studio keyboard. Yeah, it was a sampler, and it had it had fifteen seconds of sampling time, and you had an expansion card that I got that gave you thirty seconds. Which back then thirty seconds was a lot of time. Yeah, um, but um, so I got that, and then I got a Roland. Uh, I got it right here. I got. I got this, uh, I think you remember seeing this, this Roland. I know oh, yeah, that was, people the, can't I was see like, it. is that the first one you ever had? Yeah, but this Roland R5, that was my first drum machine. Yeah. And um, so, man, I was just making beats, sampling, uh, scratching, making mixtapes, uh, really for my cousin, Jonathan Palmer. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he had, yeah, he had, uh, he had that Impala with the system on he took the back seat out <laughs> i think we put me and garth petrelli put his uh three tens in that oh yeah 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 uh so i was making mixes for people it got around and uh a mutual friend of raymond's and mine showed raymond some of my mixes well at the time raymond was just taking like eric b and rakim instrumentals and rapping on top of it. yeah and so he heard my mixes. We got together. Man, I remember picking him up at, um, uh, man, what was that sporting goods store? It was local. It's over there by Roses. AG's. Yep. I don't know if you remember AG's. AG's, yep, yep. Yeah, so I picked him up at AG's because Raymond didn't have a car, he didn't have a phone, nothing. You know, he lived in the projects. Yep. And so um picked him up, and that was kind of the beginning of us uh, – you know, me producing the music and him writing the rhymes. And uh, he got heard by a producer, manager at MTSU. Uh, and so we already kind of had, 
an in with his manager. So uh, he was booking us shows anywhere we could play. Yeah. You know, we were playing clubs, we were play schools. And um, then he got in touch with a re- actually a pretty famous organist, jazz organist called Cossie Gardner. Uh-huh. Cossie Gardner, if you look him up, uh, man, just an incredibly talented uh, organist. He's he's passed away since then, but um, he uh, started a record company called King Goody Records, and it was uh, it was like an R and B soul hip hop yeah. label. And so, uh, man, the day it was like the week I turned eighteen, uh, signed that record deal. And uh, I had no idea that he was the kind of distribution we were going to have. And that's what really got our record out there um, was the Belmart distribution, which was Patty LaBelle's label. Right. And so uh, it got put, you know, it got huge distribution. Uh, Didn't sell a lot, you know. um, But, uh, man, we it was a ride for about a year, man. Uh, You know, we were playing playing all over, getting yeah. the cover of Nashville scene and the cover of Tennessee. And, um, we interviewed at billboard when we went to New York. Uh, so yeah, that was, you, that's kind of how it happened. Can you talk about the deal, the, the details of the deal or do you, or no? Oh man, the, the record deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't shoot. I didn't care. I was like, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. Just give it to me. Do this. Yeah. But, um, it was, uh, one year with a three year option. And basically, they owned anything I wrote. Yeah. Like, anything I wrote, they owned. Yeah. So, you know, it was on the trip home from New York that I decided I wanted to get out. I was like, I'm just not cut out for the road. And so, uh, I wanted to get out. Yeah. So, I had people look at that contract. They're like, you better not release anything for the next three years because they're going to own it. Yeah. So that was the only detail I remember of that deal. Um, so I think that's kind of, I mean, I don't know. I'm not in depth into the music game as I sh- probably should be, but I mean, I think that's probably pretty normal that uh, that's the way that they get their money back. I mean, yeah. What, yeah. what can you do? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got, I got a couple checks from ASCAP and uh, you know, it was, it was just, almost nothing. Yeah. Uh, but man, it was fun. I'll tell you that. It, I learned a lot. Yep. And, um, man, I, I don't know if you remember the group, uh, you remember me, Fi me. Oh yeah. You remember that group? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he from yeah, Murfreesboro? They, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. So they produced that. They produced that Malcolm X, like a father to me. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. We over there and work on that. Yeah. Did you get to work with anybody? Um, like, that you would consider in the hip hop game pretty solid or, or did you not really? No, man. Um, me, Five me was as close as we got to, yeah. he had know, a, what was his one? He had a song that I've loved growing up. I can't remember. I, I have his, I have his, I've, I, I've got it somewhere. Yeah. I found it. Um, I think I found me, I found it online me. somewhere. I don't think you could even find it on iTunes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, while we're talking, I'm gonna find it though. Yeah, I don't know if we can play it, but you. I mean, no, we won't play it. But <laughs> maybe play like a couple I, I, of seconds. I'm gonna list the uh, the songs. Yeah. All right, so we got. Um, 
the Credo, that, Sad New Day. Yeah. I think Sad Creed, New Day was good. Sad New Day was it. Yeah. Keep keep it going. Not my brother. Black Sunshine. Damn. Maybe that was yeah. it. Black Sunshine. <laughs> You're going deep in the archive, son. Yeah, man. For those, if everybody that listens, man, my boy right here is knowledgeable about this stuff. He'll probably run me into the ground in this podcast, but no. Um, yeah, so let's talk about some of the 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 in our you know what we've came up with because I'm 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 not really wanting to get into some of the new stuff as as far as I don't really care much for it or you know I, I just don't, I don't know anything I, about I, I don't follow I, I don't follow much of the new stuff I mean I like when I like when um, uh, you know Eminem or Dre or Q put out new stuff I'll listen to them you know right. but I don't I don't really ever listen to anything that's uh, new Kendrick Lamar is probably the, the only one that I listen to that's uh, somebody new that that I that I appreciate anyway so what yeah. are what are some of the things what are what would you what would you say is well, who would be in your top five? Oh man just group five? or group or um group or otherwise I don't know what that scratching is you hear that scratching yes my dog oh. scratching at my door <laughs> hold on you can oh, let her you can let her out yeah, I was I'm like somebody you back here mixing or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give, give me five yeah minutes. no worries Little pause in the break. Hope uh, we're uh, talking a little hip hop. I'm gonna get my boy um, Rob's uh, uh, what his top five is. Y'all be interested to hear all this. So we'll be uh, here. We go. So all right, I'm back. Yeah, man. Uh, no worries. We, we this is this is how we do on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, uh, so top five. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, Run DMC, Public Enemy, Boogie Down Productions. Tribe Called Quest, and man, I'm going fast. No, you take your time, bro. I'm going fast. Cause I'm uh, shoot number five. I don't want to leave anybody out, man. I mean, there's so many good ones. Um, man, I guess I'd have to say. Uh, Rockham. Nah, you know, when Rockham, when Eric B and Rockham first came out, yeah, I really didn't like, um, like Eric B for president. I didn't. I I liked, um, I liked maybe two songs. Sure. Off that record, so I really wasn't. I mean, that sounds like heresy, but I mean, <laughs> at the time, I just, I just, you know. I wouldn't like a huge Air B. Rockham fan. Yeah. Um, man, I'd probably say, uh, man, maybe like, uh, hold on. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to pull up my library here. I mean, uh, public enemy and boogie down, they were really influential to me. Sure. Um, and, um, uh, that was a that was really kind of what brought Raymond and me together, because you know we both were into that political rap, uh, and so uh, you know that was really influential. Man, Arrested Development. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do a top three for my top five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Arrested Development would be one. Um, Beastie Boys. And oh, I, I, you got to have the Beasties in there. Yeah, Beasties have got to be in there. And then, man, I'm going to say De La Soul. Yeah. 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 Um, but, man, top five. I could give you a top 20. <laughs> You know. We'd be here all night. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, uh, like I said before, like everything that was coming out was so new then. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, Q-Tip sounded so different from, you know, like De La Soul. And De La Soul sounded so different from Public Enemy. And yep. Public Enemy even sounded way different than boogie down i mean like everybody had their own specific sound right like special ed man you can know a special ed song when you hear it yep yeah i I, um i didn't dive into the i mean i liked a lot of those groups but man i was i was full on into cypress hill house of pain you know um beastie uh Mm -hmm. and i was I loved, um, you know, uh, NWA. Man, NWA and the and the Posse, the yeah. first one. You remember in eighth grade that thing came out? Well, you remember Boys that? in the Hood with uh, that song changed. I mean, there was I don't remember the station or the radio. They played like Friday night or something. They played like three hours of w- WRVU. Yeah. It's here locally or something. Yep, WRVU, yeah. uh, Vanderbilt University. And I taped uh, every week. I did too. I taped I every. Too. I, I was like trying to figure out how you know I could get enough tape to tape yep. every. And then I had like, and I would, and and everybody would be like, "How do you hear all these new songs?" I'm like, "Man, they just keep playing them. I just keep." And they're like, yeah. "I just, I just what I did, and I just listened and listened and listened." And I was always that one trying to find the new jam that nobody's ever heard of or nobody's listening to. Mm-hmm. You know, I well, I would push like. Who's this Cypress Hill, man? What you listening to and all this and whatever? Man. And I just, you know, I just kind of rode that. And but when you know Biggie came along and stuff, I was, I was blown away. Oh yeah, 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 uh, man. Speaking of WRVU, man, that's that's where I found like MC MC Desire from Nashville. Yeah, you know DJ White Knight. You remember him? Yeah, yep. Uh, they, you know, they were the only ones spinning that stuff. So um, yeah, man, that the Friday nights. <laughs> I can't believe you remember you. I knew you would remember it. I, I didn't remember it, but uh, man, we're probably aging ourselves on what kids can do nowadays with that. But oh yeah, but uh, you know that was the down that that was downloads back then, man. Yeah. It was taping the radio. Yeah, you know, you tape the radio, and uh, I would, um, you know, I would dub it so I could get the commercials and the DJs out of it. Yeah, and, and just get the song. Yep, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you think about? Uh, you've seen you mentioned Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix, which I highly yeah. recommend if nobody's listening to it. If you're into this kind of talk, and we may have tuned everybody out, but this is something <laughs> different from everything that we've that I talk about on here. But what what is your thoughts so far on the Hip Hop Evolution uh, documentary? I think it's I think it's done pretty well. Um, I know they're cramming a lot in a little bit of time. That's what I would. I, I man, if I if you and I did that, we we'd have. Every episode would be like three hours. <laughs> I, you know, what's funny is that I learned a lot. Yeah. Because uh, they touch on artists and producers that maybe you don't, you didn't listen to a lot. Yeah. You know, because uh, like I, I didn't listen to a lot of like that New Orleans 
episode where they were yeah. uh, talking about the New Orleans sound. And, Birdman, uh, Master P, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I listened to a little bit of it, but but, but you know the, the the cool thing about it is is that that what and what they're trying to do is is like all these different areas have shaped where hip hop has come to and where it's sort of evolved into. And I like that that it's that's their premise that it's an evolution of how things have gotten, mm-hmm. and every place has a different sound. You know, I and I think Nashville is still kind of putting itself on the map a little bit. It's nowhere nobody's doing it. You know, nope. we we get we're more known for country rap or hip that's right you know and that's and, right. and uh you know there's some been some famous ones that come from here but um not too many you know but it but being music city I, there really hasn't yeah yeah there hasn't been an iconic hip-hop artist coming out of nashville i mean young buck is maybe one of the only ones i know of that's kind of made it mainstream but i mean i'm sure there's others that you could think of but yeah i mean like three six mafia out of memphis yeah but yep. you know, you know Memphis. But that's, that's, even that's I, a little I don't even that. yeah, even that's a little different than Nashville. So yeah. I mean, oh, you definitely. know, they're they kind of carried that. They're like North North New Orleans sound. You know, they kind of yeah. merged the, mm-hmm. the 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 dirty South with New Orleans and what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's funny. I I was watching today um, the episode uh, Super Producers. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen uh, that. So that, and that's that's really cool for me because it's you know that's my my side of the yeah of the equation is is you know making the beats and producing the the records so um, yeah we'll get into that man, yeah 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 I mean <laughs> they're talking about uh, talking about Pharrell and the Neptunes yep you, you know uh, it was they they did they did. Crazy good stuff. I had no idea they produced some of the stuff they produced. Right. Yeah the um, the idea that some of these people that are that made it, you know, as producers or as songwriters or just behind the scenes before they became ultra famous is, you know, it's it's not it's not exclusive to other genres of music. It's it's you know deep in hip hop and you know like Kanye it was I think started out as being a producer yep, or just making right. a beat make you know and then he turns into a rapper and you know Pharrell and those you know all all mm-hmm. those guys and you know you probably know more than I do about that but uh I mean that those that it's kind of like it's kind of like me being a superintendent in golf I mean I learned to play golf so I could be good at growing the grass that people played golf on well and, you know yeah that's the same thing with me we go you know I went to I went to college to study piano i come out being an audio engineer yeah what uh so so what goes into like you know you and i wrote i don't know what we're up to now we're probably 163 well we hadn't we hadn't written that many songs well i've got 163 ideas i don't give you all of them oh my god some of them don't make the cut don't make the well (laughs) so officially we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 that we've yeah, landed got, on. Um, yeah, we landed on I think twenty three right now. Yeah, available on SoundCloud under Break Two if you want to hear them. And, yeah, and um, but so what goes into you know you and I, uh, you and I kind of come up with ideas and we just write songs about them. But what are you what are you looking for? What are you trying to do to put a put a track together and then we decide to to write over top of it? Yeah, so I've got um, there's basically if you break it down into simple terms i've got two ways i create a track i either start 
with a sample and build on it. Yep. Or I start with a fresh beat just from the MPC or the 808. Um, You're going to have to explain those. Okay, so um, so MPC is a sampler. So say you hear a song like... Um, yeah, break you know, you down hear, what sample means. Yeah, so a, a sample just taking a snippet of a song... Just say, I mean, it could be a horn hit, it could be a kick drum, it could be a whole beat. Yep. Um, it could be a bass line, and you take that, throw it into uh, a sampler, and then you can actually hit the pads to trigger the sample. So, um, you know, you can break up a beat and recreate it, make it your own, or you yeah. can just loop an existing beat. Right. So, um, you know, I. I I'll I'll go through um, my library of soul and funk music, and um, man, it takes a long time because you're looking for about a three seconds worth of music. Yeah, and you don't know if you don't know the song inside and out. You got to listen from beginning to end. Yeah, so uh, it doesn't always happen at the beginning. A lot of times it does happen at the beginning of the song, but. Uh, a lot of times it happens about three quarters of the way in and you're looking for that break yeah. where it breaks down to drums or drums and bass or drums, bass, guitar. And um, so if I'm going with a build around a sample, I'll find that sample first, throw it in and loop it. Yep. And then I build on it. So I may add my own drums on top of it. Sometimes I'll copy the bass line so that I can drop that sample out and the bass line still goes without the other instruments going on. Uh, you know, you layer like 808. Uh, a lot of times I'll add a B3 organ or a Rhodes keyboard. When we made, uh, when we made lost and found, um, which we both did in the studios, I thought we found some magic that day. That, yeah. that sample came from you. We found a sample of a ZZ's top. I think it was a ZZ top, Yeah, it was ZZ but top, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the sample we were actually paying attention to. You found something in, uh, later in the song or something. Yeah, um, we were listening to, um, you told me to look up EPMD. Yeah, EPMD. Uh, what was it? So what's you saying? And um, we found you were like, this, this sample they used. Yeah. I was like, man, I didn't know that was ZZ Top. And so. What was the name of that damn sample? I don't remember. Um, Something. <laughs> I forget. For the, you, you, you're trying to remember the ZZ Top song? Yeah, the song that it came off of. Yeah, um, I'll find it in a second. But um, uh, for you ZZ Top fans. Yeah, so we, um, you know, we, we found that and we kind of built built the song around that sample. Yep. Um, I, in that particular song, I did double the bass line. Yeah. Remember, I remember you, I laid down that bass line. Uh, I copied it, and so when we broke it down, and we took the sample out, the the new beat goes with the the copied baseline, and then you can bring the sample back in. Right, and it, it all it's a smooth transition. Right. Yeah, man, you you uh we we uh we fought, we caught lightning in a bottle that day. It was a uh, that sucker. Yeah, well, I mean, we've made. We've probably made together forty or fifty songs. Yeah. And it's all been remote. Yeah. 
It's that was wild. the first time well, we ever got together. Yeah, well, technology's wild. I can sit over here in my little world, and you be in your yep. little world, and we can make yep. it happen. I, I, I do, I, I do want to know how we can match the vocals a little bit better. I don't know if there's something I need to do on my end. We'll figure all that out. But yeah, I, I, it, yeah. It, there's a slight difference between yours and mine, no matter what you do to it on your mm-hmm. end. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I guess that's just the way it's going to be. I don't know. Well, we'll have to have a we'll have to have a day where we come in and do do some vocal. If we got to record twenty vocal songs, though, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> cheap sunglasses is what we sampled. Cheap sunglasses. That's it. ZZ Top fans. Cheap sunglasses. We did that. Yeah, and it's kind of like a kind of a weird place in the song. It doesn't sound anything like the sample. Doesn't sound anything like the song. Yeah. No, we we just like hang on a second. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, either build on that or I'll just start from scratch, Yeah, you know, lay down a beat, get some, uh, maybe, maybe throw in my own, uh, roads or B3, uh, and just kind of build, build from the beat. Yep. And then we'll lay our vocals down and that's, I save all the drum fills and the breaks and all that until after the vocals are laid down. Yeah. Cause you don't really know what's going to work until you get the vocal. Cause that, you know, it, everything, um, kind of centers around that, that vocal flow. Right. And so you, you can't just, you use pro tools, right? Right. I use pro tools pretty much for everything. Yeah. For MIDI and audio. Yeah. Which is a computer software program. That's pretty, pretty prominent in our industry or music industry for real. I mean, it's big time. Yeah. So I got, um, I got into Pro Tools oh in '98 uh, when I was in the uh, recording industry. Yeah, and so uh, I actually got trained by uh, a Grammy award-winning engineer, uh, Dan Rudin. He's got an awesome studio in Nashville here. Yeah, but he um, he trained me on it, man, and uh, I got real lucky that I got trained by him. Yeah, you got a you got an ability to. Um kind of walk us through your studio and what you got in there with uh i mean just i mean yeah just kind of kind of list out some of the the equipment you got in there well as far as like the it, i'm a i'm a pianist so i've got a lot of keyboards so yep. uh for the old for my vintage keyboards i've got a yamaha dx7 uh roland juno 6 uh i've got a 1974 mini moog yeah that sucker's sweet yeah um, and that's kind of what, you know, that mini Moog is, uh, what that high pitch sound you'd hear like on Dr. Dre. Yeah. Uh, and then I got, um, a newer Moog, uh, which is a sub 37. I've got a Mellotron, which is a remake of the old Mellotron, which was actually the first sampler ever. The Mellotron actually, um, it had a tape inside yeah. and you hit a key and it triggered the, the tape loop to go. So it would play like flutes and vibes and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I got my main keyboard and then I got, um, a Korg mini log analog synth. And, um, then I've got some rack mounted synths, which I won't go into. Yeah. Then I got drum machines. So, um, my main drum machine that I use is, uh, the native instruments machine. And it's, it's, what you would reference as a MPC type right. sampler. And then I've got the TR8, which is an 808. That's uh, sweet. 
reissue. And then I've got uh, Dave Smith uh, Tempest. And I've got some other gear here and there, but that's those are the main things I use. Yep. Um, now, you know, in Pro Tools, I've got, you know, a laundry list of you know, synths right. that I, I use soft yeah. synths that I use on the computer. But you can you can load those into your keyboard or whatever and yeah and yeah. play those and different sounds right. come out of that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like uh I got a really cool um uh Oberheim DMX drum machine soft synth. Yep. And it that's uh for people that don't know, the Oberheim DMX is uh, what Run DMC used on their first album. So when you hear Sucker MCs, that's the DMX. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah, yeah. D, uh, Sucker MCs, man, that was the jam. Um, let's talk songs a little bit. Let's uh, right. let's get into songs a little bit. So um, you, we talked about what's your favorite groups or artists. Uh, what if you were if you were um, having to listen to four or five songs for the rest of your life in the hip hop game. You got a, you got a few that stand out. Oh man. Um, let's see. Yeah. I definitely have some that stand out. I would say, I won't ask you to give me your top five. Cause I don't know how you can label. You can't yeah. even, you can't even narrow down 20 groups or artists. Yeah, if we do, if we do five groups and one song from five groups. So I said run DMC. Yeah. Um, so from run DMC, I would have to say, um, probably, probably J master J. Yeah. I like that tune. Yeah. And then from uh booking and productions, I would say poetry. Poetry was the first song on the first album. Okay. Uh, really cool. Man, back then, his his drum sounds were like nothing anybody else had heard because he was one of the first artists that actually started individually sampling kick and snares from f funk and soul albums yeah. and throwing them into the SB-1200. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Beastie Boys... Uh, man, I gotta tell you, this is gonna this may come to a shock because this is not a classic song. This was off their last album, um, off uh, Hot Sauce Committee Part Two. Yeah, but man, I really, um, I really like Nonstop Disco Power Pack. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're digging deep on that one, bro. <laughs> yeah, you need to check that one out. Yeah, man. that would. That's the jam. Um, and then for Public Enemy, um, I think I'd have to go to probably It Takes a Nation of Millions and probably say Terminator X to the Edge of Panic. Yeah. Um, and what is that? Is that four? And then number five... Let's see, what group? What group do I need to choose from? They oh, some. a tribe, tribe called tribe Quest. called Quest. Yeah. Oh man, shoot, tribe called Quest. Let me think. B. Um, you obviously, I, you obviously ought to check the rhyme guy because that's my jam. 
Man, I think maybe maybe excursions. Yeah. The, the first song from Low End Theory. Right. Um, I love that album. That's top five for me. That album. Yeah, vibes and stuff. Yep. Vibes and stuff. I was like, man, that's a good one. That whole album's good. Low End Theory for me. Now, have you seen the documentary on Tribe? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, you got to check that out. We're going to talk about Wu Tang too, but I hadn't. Okay. Uh, I hadn't. Um, I hadn't seen that one. I don't think I've seen that. Uh, Tribe. The Tribe documentary. Yeah, yeah it's worth watching. Yeah. I like the fact that I like the fact that we're starting to see documentaries come out about these groups. You know, Straight Outta Compton was an awesome movie. I wish they'd make a documentary. Uh, the Wu Tang was awesome. Hip Hop Evolution. Um, you know, I'm I'm probably racking my brain on. There's a few more, but yeah, I mean, I'll I'll check it out. I love the tribe, man. Love them. Yeah, it, they record. It's really. Uh, I lost you I mean, like, for a minute. You, had, you got me now? Yeah, it, it it just dropped you for a minute. I'm good. We're good. Okay. So the beef between Fife and Q-Tip was like recorded live. Yeah. On this documentary. They didn't, um, they, they had some issues, man. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. Well, you know, it, to simplify, basically Q-Tip was serious. Like he was all about producing and putting out records because you notice on some of those records where you know fife dog's not even on them yeah a lot of those songs he's not even on them right it's because he he wouldn't show up at the studio yeah truth be told he was he was the better of the two rappers you think so yeah who fife you think so yeah i think i like q-tip though i i i think he but he had a hand in the beats and and how things oh yeah and i mean you know i i just me personally i like i like I, I liked Fife's sound and how he de- in his delivery. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, just my style. But you and I, you and I differ on a lot of things. So yeah, which yeah, makes yeah. us I, which makes us unique. Yeah, I I like the way Fife contrasted Q-Tip sound. But yeah. man, I I don't know if I could listen to a solo Fife album. Oh, I, I don't think it would. I don't to, think it would work. But Q-Tip, I can listen solo all day yeah, long for sure. Well, he had he had a sweet solo album. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't know much. I don't remember much of it offhand, yeah. Yeah. which is terrible. Uh, but I, I do remember listening to it, going, "Dang, that's there's tight." There's, there's, he's got three. You know, he, he, he had one just coming out as Q-Tip, but yeah. then he had Kamal the Abstract. I don't know and, that one. Yeah, Kamal. You know, uh, Kamal the Abstract uh, was uh, was a was different. Now, did you listen to? Um, the tribe's last album, uh, we got it from here, 2016. I can't say that I have. Again, oh. I, again though, I, I don't. I mean, it's just like I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You know, I'm in a different world with this podcast. I'm listening to stuff, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know they had a new album out. What does oh, it have? Man. Does it have Fife on it at all? Uh, yeah, he, they 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 released it after he died. Okay, but he he's on there. All right, well, I have to check it out. Man, you've what's the name of it? It's called We Got It From Here. We got it from here. Yep. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I I man, they're 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 top five group for me for sure. No doubt. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um I am gonna share this with you. Send it. Uh, make sure you get it, man, because this is like this is one you do not want to to miss out on, man. It's I mean, I'm I'm not kidding. 
uh, it's probably my favorite album outside of Low End Theory. It's that good. Yeah, that's saying like, something right there. Yeah, yeah, it's that good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, you know, Q-Tip and Fife. I'm surprised you like Fife better than uh, Q-Tip. Well, I mean, that's all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's it's not that I think that he's you know superior. I just his style and delivery is kind of more laid back. That's kind yeah. of that's kind of how yeah. I try to be. <laughs> a, little, he, a little bit more low key. He uh, he was writing rhymes on the subway on the way to the studio, like yeah. before they would lay down their record. I mean, yeah. that's how like last minute some of those rhymes were written. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to know your opinion. And because we're writing music together, it's like, I find the inspiration in the track and how to write a song around what we're, you know, you find like, this is, this is the track. It has this title or this is how we're going to do it. And let's write a song about it. But it seems to me like sometimes some guy would just have a rhyme and he'd write that rhyme and then they'd build a, a beat around that. I guess there's more than one way to skin a cat, but, but at the same time, I'm like, how do you write something when you don't know the tempo? You don't know how it's going to sound. You don't know what's, you know, how it's all put together. I mean, that, that to well, me. Well, we did that. Didn't we do that on, uh, uh, my way? This, the story rap we did. I didn't show you the track. Remember? No. Um, yeah, no, no. I think you, I think the track, I think the track you gave me. And I don't think so. I don't remember. You no, no that's, that's right. No, that's we right. Text we just texting back and forth on writing the rhymes, and then you put it yeah. together. That's yep. the only song we did that. that yeah. way. and it turned out pretty sweet. It turned out pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, we we've done a bunch of these, so we're. I think we, as we talked about our first song, we probably wouldn't even play for anybody anymore. Oh no! no. But it was, and we thought, dang, this is pretty good. Let's keep doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had people yeah. saying, "Yeah, that's great." Now we're like. We're getting pretty good at this. Yeah. Yeah. And so the next step is, you know, rehearsing for live. That's for sure. What, what are we going to do that? Man, whenever this Corona thing goes away. <sighs> don't even talk about that. Yeah, I know. I yeah. mean, I, I don't, nobody knows what the foreseeable future is and what we're going to do, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying writing the wrong, writing the songs and, and putting stuff together and, We'll we'll definitely have some content for when we can get out get out there and do some live stuff. I oh, know yeah. that'll be a blast. Oh yeah, we're gonna have to you know narrow it down to five or six songs. Uh, to any word on any word on our uh, host DJ? No, um, <laughs> I need to I need to uh, hit up Keith and see see what's up. Yeah. Um, so uh, man, but uh, if you look if you Google Eddie uh, Eddie George. Uh, actually DJed at uh boom bap night at uh, exit in. Yep. So you can see him DJing Word. online. Yep. Yeah. 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 What, so what, what do you think? I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Cause I, I got all you right. live, but what, uh, so of all the songs we got right now that are people can listen to, what, what's your favorite? What's the one you like the most? Uh, right now I've been going to, uh, a tribute to the tribe. Yep. I love that one. And then after that, twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I can't, I can't pull mine up, or I'll screw this whole recording up. But I think, anyways. But uh, yeah, I like, I like twenty four seven. I like um, old boom bap. Oh uh, yeah, lost and founds, oh. obviously one. 
Uh, my way, uh, I think. I think my way. The heck, the mm-hmm. one we just wrote, Shackles. That dude, man, that came together solid. Man, I don't, I don't like the way I sound on um, uh, what I would consider a rap ballad. <laughs> you, know? you don't, dear mama. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got the voice for it, but uh, I laid that down. I was like, nah, I'll give it to him and see what he's. You know, see what he thinks. Yeah, man, I love it. I, 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 but that's what makes us. To me, that's what makes what we're doing pretty cool. Is, is I'll listen to our whole track list, and every every one of them is different. We don't yeah. sound the same on any Mm-mm. single track. We've that's got right. we've got stuff that sounds mainstream. We've got stuff that sounds you know underground, and you know we we got positive messages. We talk about you know, all kinds of stuff. And, and to me, that's what is going to create a pretty cool little uh, niche for us. If we ever do get out there yeah. and do something fun. Yeah, man. Like bust of fresh wraps, man. That one's a sleeper. Yeah. I think I, I, that's, that's a good one. Yep. For every, but, anybody that's listening to us, it's that's made it this far. We're 50 minutes in. Um, we, uh, Rob and I, uh, have a group break two. It's on SoundCloud. Uh, I'm sure we'll be available. Uh, we're figuring this whole thing out, but we got a bunch of music that we've written together, and um, you can go check it out on SoundCloud Break Two Profile. And we, um, you know, we just put it down. We just write write rhymes, and I'm pretty much just the the guy who <laughs> tries to add to a pretty dope beat track that my man writes. So he's genius, freaking lyric, oh. look a beat master. But go oh, check it out. <clears throat> Go check it out, man. That that uh that whiskey almost hit me in the back of the neck. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't talk and and uh, uh feel like I'm Joe Rogan on his podcast. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun, man. So um you don't you don't I, I gotta get into this a little bit with you about why you're not mainstream when it comes to hip hop. And I'm what I mean by is like you're your love of, of and influence comes from a place that is very creative, very artistic, boogie down, you know, tribe, De La, Ar- Arista Development, where I'm more like Biggie, Tupac. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the people that, you know, and and for people that listen and, and have grew up on hip hop, that that's, you know, I'm more of what they probably associate with what they grew up with. And you, mm-hmm. you dove into the, like, you'd see Rob at the record shop and he'd be over there flipping through the record uh, crates and he man, I don't, nobody knows this one. I'm gonna pull this one out. Like whereas me, I would <laughs> I would pull out something that was uh you know you know Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock or something. Man, shoot, I I caught two of those records. Yeah, I had two I had two Rob Bass <laughs> records I'd mix. Yeah, but uh, man, I I don't know, man. I just um yeah, I don't think I was trying. It, it was just uh you know it's just the music that moved me at the time. Yeah. Um. And uh, man, I just like the power of that of Chuck D, man. Yep. You know that the power of the of the Hank Shockley production of Chuck D, and it was, um, you know, I mean, who who thinks to take a Grant Green saxophone sample and make it sound like, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about on Rebel Without a Pause. Uh, dude, you got me, man. Look up Grant Green, Grant Public Green. Enemy, 
Yeah. You're the only and, person and in America that would know that. <laughs> but, um, man, I mean, the samples they used it were just phenomenal. Um, you know, for me, putting together a track, I've got, you know, I've got a discography in my head to go on to, to create the sound, you know, because I'm basically creating sounds that have already been created before. Yeah. These, these guys were coming up with brand new stuff. Yeah. How, so let's talk about it a little bit. Would you rather just go create completely original or do you like the, the idea of sampling to build off of, I mean, cause you pretty much do. I mean, I don't want to brag on you, but that, that I need love beat that you did just completely off. Like <laughs> it's crazy. It sounds exactly like it, but you know, it's, so would you rather, would you rather, um, take a beat and make it completely from scratch or do you like mixing in different components of all the music to make it complete? I really like mixing in different components of music. Yeah. I really do like getting a sample and building around it. Um, I don't know, man, it's something about taking a song that wasn't meant to be a certain way and yeah. making it that way. Right. You know, you know, in rap, in rap, that and and it it would be cool. We we probably could come back and do this again, but we could we could uh, grab the list of the top. You know, we could make a list of the top ten or twenty favorite rap songs, and we could go down the list. And I know you could pull it up and say, "Here's all the song. Here's all the samples in that song," and we could talk about how every song is sampled in some yeah. way or another. I mean, I don't, I couldn't tell you, and you might could tell me. I couldn't tell you a song out there that's 100% original that we would fall in love with. I, there might be, I don't know, but, but I mean, yeah. And you know, I mean, sampling to me, if you do it right, is no different than, uh, you know, writing a song that has a chord progression that was influenced by a song that you listened to, you know, when you were 16 years old. You know, yeah. it's 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 a little bit more literal uh, when you take when you're lifting an actual piece of music and yep. putting it in your own. But um, man, you're you're taking something and reshaping it and molding it into your own. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if you've seen uh, the movie um, uh, with uh, uh, find. It's called Finding Forrester. Uh, but it's about this kid who's a who's a genius and he's a writer. Sure. And um, is this kid from I don't know I think the Bronx, and he uh, he he finds his mentor who's a famous writer, but he's a hermit. Anyway, <laughs> he tells him to just start typing and start writing. Yep. And he and the kid can't think of anything, and so the the mentor grabs an article that he wrote, gives it to him and says, I want you to type out the first paragraph and then just see where it takes you. And so he copies the first paragraph of this article he wrote and then he just goes off on his own. Yeah. That's a really good example of a of sampling is that, you know, you take a little piece of somebody's work and then you build on it and then you do you kind of go off on your own with it. Right. And then make it your own. Yeah. Where it's totally original. Yeah. So how does that how does that work in terms of the 
getting music to the masses when it comes to who owns what. Like if you take a snippet of a piece of music that somebody else did that they own and make and then completely flip it and put it out there, you know, there's copyright laws and mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things that, that go involved with that. How does where where's the fine line there? Because, you know, in the hip hop evolution, they kind of they kind of talked about that a little bit where rap started. This was how rap started. They just people dubbing other people's stuff, looping, mm-hmm. looping beats. You know, it wasn't until, you know, some lawyers got involved. They said, hey, man, wait a second. You own that music. You need to you need to, you know, get paid for it. So talk a little bit about that and, and how that plays into the whole deal. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I think the 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 quintessential album um that ha- that of sampling this the album that is got the most brilliant use of sampling ever is Beastie Boys Paul's Boutique oh, yeah. 1989 and that was right before Bismarcky got sued um for I can't remember the song but they were able to you know they were sampling Beatles and Led Zeppelin and yeah. you know all, all these artists that you would never be able to get clearance for. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I remember, um, I remember back when I was a kid, I just assumed everything was drum machines. It took me a while to figure out that, you know, those beats were actually coming from another record. Right. But, um, but, you know, as far as the history of it, you know, I mean, the, it was these kids in the Bronx that were taking their parents' record collection and doing what they could with it. Yeah. You know, they, that music, what really, a lot of it wasn't stuff that they were listening to. It was, they, I mean, they, they were listening to it because their parents were listening to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, and then they, they would find the funkiest parts of those records and they figured out a way to loop it. Yeah, you know, you put it on one turntable, put it on another turntable, and then switch your crossfader over so that you hear one, and then switch the crossfader over when you wind it back, and so that uh, the other turntable's now playing. Right. So, um, you know, th- those those parties that they had in the Bronx was really the first um, first sampling. Now. Uh, I think the I think the first tape loop sample, which is actually where the the term loop comes from, right? Because you would you would take magnetic tape, recording tape, and uh, put it on a reel to reel, and loop it around, and then tape it together, right? So it would be one continuous loop, and you just play over and over and over and over. Gotcha. You know, MCA from the Beastie Boys took that Led Zeppelin sample. Uh, when the levee breaks yep, and um, recorded that beat, put it on a tape loop and just looped it over and over and over and over. And that's how they got that, that, uh, that beat going. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think um, you had, you had genius sampling uh, techniques in like Paul's boutique. And then it, then you got into mainstream and you had people like vanilla ice who would just, you know, straight up, sample queen <laughs> and and put one extra note in it you're wading yeah. into dangerous territory here <laughs> <laughs> you know and uh because 
he put an extra note in it. He said he didn't he didn't owe any royalties to Queen, but you know, you got you got really simple minded sampling like that, and then yeah. you've got complex sampling like um, you know, with Jay Dilla, Q Tip, um, man, there's all kinds of people that you know, Hank Shockley producers that really know how to sample. Yeah. And it makes really create something out of somebody else's work. I mean, the, the, the track that comes to mind for me is nothing but a G thing by uh, Dre. I mean, that's a, I think it's Leon Haywood or something Mm -hmm. like that, but the Mm -hmm. whole track, that track is the exact same. And then Dre just put his, yeah, he just added the, 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 the mini moog yeah yeah and and it yeah. made that and put the beats on it but the whole thing is is a complete um you know redo of us of an old song and uh i just i think from in the hip-hop world that's amazing to me that you can you can take something i don't even know what the year that guy made that song um but you know Guys like Drake and do stuff like that. It's just amazing to me. And then they put their own little spin on it. And also, yeah, yeah. you know, and obviously I'm sure that made that guy's track a bazillion dollars because it turns out to be one of the best, you know, songs of all time. But, you know, it's like. Yeah, you're right. It's Leon Haywood. Leon I want to ha- do something. I want to do something freaky to you. Yeah. See, I I know my, sh- I'm going to know my. Yeah. Sh- yeah. Almost, you, you almost cut. <laughs> <laughs> I can cuss. I don't care. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's uh, that. But if you listen to that, which I wish we could play it, but if you listen to it, it's the exact same beat. Yeah. Is is that nothing but, but a thing. And nobody would know that. Nope. Yeah, everybody yeah, would yeah. think, oh, that's Trey, man. I, he made that all up. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. No, he didn't yeah. at all. And, um, you know, there's all, there's all kinds of that, you know, that's just the one that I, you know, give us an example, but there's so many examples of that throughout yeah. all the game. Yep. Yeah. Who would you want to hear? Who would you want to uh, see as a documentary? Like, what would you what would you want to know their history about? I know, I, and don't say because Beastie Boys is coming out. <laughs> don't say that because right. we can plug it. But when is that coming out? It's soon. Uh, April. Kn- April twenty. 20- Third, April twenty third, Beastie Boys documentary on Apple TV. Is it Apple TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be dope. But besides that, because we've mentioned the tribe Wu Tang, we hadn't even talked about that. That was great. I finished that. I don't know if there's going to be a, a, a season two, but um, Hip Hop Evolution is great. If you're into, uh, I can't believe that Run DMC doesn't have one. Yeah, you know, I I don't know what the dynamic is between um, those two guys. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they left on good terms. Well, let's be honest; it, it's just difficult, man. That, that whole yeah. the whole business side and everything that's going on. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, and, and they, if they don't want to tell the story, they're not going to do it. You know, right, right. Um, you know, Straight Outta Compton was a movie about NWA. I thought right. that was pretty accurate um but i thought well super well done um you know beats beats rhymes in life that's the uh, tribe documentary beats rhymes in life okay yeah we'll we'll plug that one we're not getting paid for any of this so (laughs) 
But who would you who would you want to see a documentary that's that's not currently? Because you know, I might start a making the turn uh, production company. We can just start figuring out how to documentary on something. Man, I would I would love to see uh, the story of Boogie Down Productions and start with uh, KRS One and Scott LaRock and like actually, you know how, how Scott LaRock got killed and then what how that affected the group and because yeah. you don't really hear about. Like, cause he died, he died right after. I wonder uh, if you could get a hold of any, I wonder if you could get a hold of any old footage or tapes or any of that stuff that people have that you could buy. I bet you could. I bet you could. But that's the one I would want to see is Boogie Down because, um, I thought you'd go public enemy, but that was, I would, uh, but there's just so, there's a more of a story to Boogie Down than there is public enemy. I mean, public enemy, um, you know, I think it was, I don't know if it was Rick Rubin or somebody else at Def Jam, but they heard Chuck D on a, had a radio show. Yeah. And um, he had, Public Enemy number one was the song that he rapped on the, on the radio show. And, you know, whoever heard him from Def Jam just had to have him. And um, he said, well, uh, you can, you know, I'll, I'll sign, but you got to bring my boy Flavor Flav. They're like, no, we don't want him. <laughs> we don't want he's him. going he's, off the rails, dude. <laughs> he's crazy. Yeah. But um, he basically said, you know, it's it's both of us or, or neither one of us. Right. So I don't know how I got off on that. But, That's all uh, right. Uh, yeah, Public Enemy would be a good one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who I would want to, because, I mean... There's um the unsolved ten part mini series about Tupac and Biggie was super yeah. good. Yeah. If you I haven't that. seen that, that's fantastic. Um but I mean it doesn't really it does some about their career, but for the most part it's about the whole how the, how everything went down. But I mean I would I would I mean I'd be interested in like Cypress Hill. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody that would be. Um, well, did you did you see two turntables and a microphone? That was the uh, no. story of Jam Master J. Yeah. Uh, yes, I did actually. Yeah, uh, I forget. Was it a Netflix? What What was that? I think it was Man, Netflix. Just, oh, okay, was, did they have it on Netflix? I think it was on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, it came out in 2002. Yeah. About his um, his death and all. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I, yeah, he was, he was, that dude was solid. Oh, yeah, man. Um, Jamis J was, uh, super influential, man. Had that, uh, spinning, um, uh, I, I'll never forget him spinning, um, Bob James, uh, for Peter Piper, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Bob James, I think it was a day at the Mardi Gras. Peter Papa Pick Peppers. Yeah. What not brown? Um, yeah. What you what do you think about your boy Jazzy Jeff? Oh man, Jazzy Jeff's a man, man. He, as far as DJs go, he's up. He's he's up there. He's got to be. Oh man, that dude was for real. Oh yeah, because um, he was doing stuff back in the you know early or late eighties that um was just 
it was uh, ahead of his time. Yeah, I, I you know, n- I don't think enough credit goes to Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince for what they did for, I mean, the creativity and some of the things they brought to the table and how Will Smith went on to be, you know, bigger than life. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. And they're still yeah. friends, you know, and I, I don't know if, how much they're involved in Will's music much anymore, if any, but, you know, it's like, dude, those, some of the, some of the, it just comes out of left field how good it is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's pretty dope. Yeah, and and the the samples they use were pretty solid, especially yeah. on uh, he's a DJ on the rapper. Yeah, you know there, there's some solid solid sampling in that in that record, uh, but the scratching man, the scratching technique from Jesse Jeff yeah. was just phenomenal. Yeah. So you would you if you were gonna if you were gonna throw out your DJ you know, top two or three is he, he's obviously got to be up there. Yeah, as far as like a, uh, as far as like a, a hip hop artist, DJ. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, Qbert is probably my top, my favorite DJ, DJ Qbert. Yeah. Um, I have no idea who that is. Oh man, dude, you gotta <laughs> look up. DJ Qbert. Look up Cubert Rock the Bells. Okay. I he will. can tear up some Rock the Bells. Um, LL Cool J. But uh, he scratches hamster style, which is what I scratch. Yeah. And hamster style is when you like it, when you're when you got the crossfader to the left to the far right. I'm sorry. When you have the crossfader to the right, uh, normally that would be um on for the right turntable. Yep. But it's off in hamster style, so it's reverse. Okay. And, and the reason I learned that way is because on my mixer, the phono switch was to the left and the line switch was to the right. And the phono would turn it on. So I could transform scratch with the line and phono knob gotcha. instead of the crossfader. And you're, it was going left You're going right. deep into the weeds right here, son. <laughs> People are going, What? <laughs> so crossfaders yeah. and phono and line switches yeah you're going deep yeah, into yeah. the weeds right here yeah man but uh you anybody out there that likes hip-hop doesn't know cubert look up cubert man um so what so what are you into uh, uh these days i mean what are you what are you putting in the in the car what are you riding to besides break two i know but what are you sure. what are you doing i mean is is there anything that's catching your eye or are you just Strictly Man, staying deep in the old school stuff. I'm typically deep in the old school stuff. Um, you know, people under the stairs just put out their... We hadn't even talked about your love of underground. That, you know, yeah, Jurassic yeah. 5, people under the stairs. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We'd probably scare people off. They'd think we don't even know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. But there's some good stuff, man. I'm yeah, telling yeah, you. Yeah. I love Jurassic 5 and people under the stairs. Um, it's good you know, stuff. Unfortunately, they broke up after this last album. Yep. But... Um, Man, I I really like that new Eminem album. I, and I wouldn't have listened to it if you hadn't told me to listen to, to Godzilla. <laughs> I said you Godzilla, and you're like, oh, damn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I listened to that. Uh, that's like the first new hip-hop record I've listened to in a long, long time. I think that one came out of nowhere for me because I was just – I saw it coming out, and, you know, and I, I'm going to tell you, Eminem to me 
is one of those rappers that I love, but he is so all over the place. Mm-hmm. Recovery is one of the best records I've ever heard, but he's got stuff out there I wouldn't I wouldn't play if you dared me, you know. Mm-hmm. But when I when this one came out, I was like, wait a second, this dude's he's I don't how does he keep going for I don't want to I don't even want to listen to that to what the heck is this? Because mm-hmm. it's, I, I just don't. His talent is unbelievable. Oh, and, he's a genius. And you know, I know he's got Dre, and I know he's got you know a lot of people in his back pocket. And it doesn't matter, man. You could put a kick drum on the one and a snare on the five and loop it, and he would go to town. Yeah, he would. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's he's freaking genius. But you know. If you don't admit that some of his stuff is just like get the hell out of here with that, and then other times you're like, dude, there's nobody better. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it comes yeah. to when it comes yeah. to just, I, I I kid with you about us playing that Godzilla at the end. I don't know if we can do it. I literally, I, I literally don't know if we can pull it off. I did that one fast rap on that one song. I can't remember the name of it, and it was all I could do to get it out. Yeah, kill him with a uh, fill him with a venom. <laughs> Like what? What? After that, I'm like, dude, you got me. You got me done. <laughs> Fill them with the venom and I eliminate them. I think that's what he says. Fill them with the venom and eliminate them. And I'm like, okay. After that, I, that's all I got. Yeah, I don't even try. And the beat is so sick. It's like, dude, what is going on? Yeah, but and it's simple. Like that track is simple. Yep. It's a beat and a bass line. Yeah. Well, you you know more about you know more about that. It just to me, it's just the creativity and the and the wordsmith that he goes into. Uh I I just I I, we write rhymes, and I'm like, I'm not even on that level. Oh no, No. I can't put I can't put that creativity together. You know, I'm I'm over here simple rhyming it like back in the day. I like the I like the simple rhyme. Well, yeah, it fits it fits it fits our style. Yeah, for sure. You know. Just the flow has to be good. the The consistency right. of the flow has to be good. If it's choppy, then it, to me it sounds yeah. crazy. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 for sure. Well, what what do you want to uh, what do you want to land this plane with? What do you how you how do you uh, you know me and you have been working on break two for a while now. We're uh, we're getting to where we're putting out some what I feel like some pretty good content and some music that pretty proud of i mean i share a lot yeah. of the stuff that we do and you know especially some of the new stuff how i want to play live I, I think that's where we're headed uh, eventually mm-hmm. down the road when we get out of the corona and all this yeah. craziness of the world mm-hmm. but where, mm-hmm. where where do you see not only break two and where we're going but like how we can be a part of the hip-hop nashville scene Man, I think uh, I think it's just getting out there, letting people hear it. I think if we could get out there and play live, and uh, you know, my, you know, I think I think your philosophy is the same as mine. We just give the music away, just get it out there. Yeah, and I just uh, want to give it all away. I mean, I know we're putting yeah. in a lot of work, dude. There's no telling how much work we've put into this. Oh, no, it's you know, been, long uh, nights and it's been 16 months. Yeah, I mean, we've been. We've been putting in a lot of work, and you know, if we make a penny off, it, I told you this: if we make a penny off of it, I will frame that penny. I mean, <laughs> it's not—I'm not kidding you. And yeah. and and that to me is what makes it special and fun. Is is we're doing something that we enjoy, and and um, not only do we enjoy it, 
I think we're getting pretty damn good at it for two old white dudes from the yeah, borough. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, I th- I think I'm, I'm really curious to see what kind of audience there is for it. You know, to see. Well, we've gotten they- we've gotten up to about 35 followers on SoundCloud, so <laughs> we went from one to 35. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, I think there's some I think there's some 40 year olds out there that would be down with it, and everything goes in cycles. So you know, who knows if this doesn't become mainstream again sometime. Yeah. Well, we. What we have to do is we can create an audience pretty quickly because we have a a group of people that would follow along or come along and we could bring them out. And But we have to get out, play live, and be more in, in people's face than we are now and do that in a way that we're not really trying to charge for it. You know, whether whether we do that for free or whatever, I'm cool with that. It's just – we got to get in the in the in front of people to play it, that's right. and, and let people that's hear right. it because that's right. And I think even more live, if we can nail down the live component, people are going to just go ballistic. People for go it. nuts. Yeah. Like, people go nuts for yeah, live because because yeah. it, it sounds you're like oh, okay, it sounds good, you know. And, and I'm like, no, that's that's really good. I mean, you, I mean, I'm not saying that because that's me or Rob. It's pretty good. And but if you hear it live and you see how it all comes together. In a in a slightly different way, or you know, put together in a in a in a format that makes people go crazy for it. I think that that'll oh, that'll man. that'll change the game. Oh yeah, the energy when you're playing live is just you know it's electric, man. Yep. I, 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 as much as I didn't like being on the road, man, I liked playing live. Yep. I, you know, but I just didn't like being on the road. What so what was it like to play the Apollo Theater? What was it was what, intimidating. What man. was that? Uh, How did that go? Well, the I don't know if you remember, but it was um, the winter of '93, like March. There yep. was a blizzard. There was a blizzard over the nor- northeast, and uh, uh, we took a Greyhound bus, and uh, the the drivers had the drive. There there were no drivers halfway there. And so we got, we showed up real late. And so we were setting up at the last minute. What I remember the most was, um, our, uh, our dressing room was, uh, where Maxi, I don't know if you remember Maxi Priest, but, uh, is it Maxi Priest, Maxi Star, Maxi Priest, something <laughs> like that. But, uh, that was our dressing room. Yeah. And, uh, it was cool, man. I mean, it was, uh, it was surreal. And then, uh, after we played that, the next morning we went over to billboard and, uh, we interviewed for billboard magazine. And I remember, uh, we went and saw CB four. Oh dear Lord. Is yeah. That, the, that was Chris rock. Yes. Yeah. We went and saw CB four in downtown New York. Yeah. I remember the tickets for $7 and 50 cents. I was like, dang, <laughs> that's like twice as expensive as it is in Tennessee. <laughs> it was like a $4 ticket. And back then, yeah, but uh, yeah, man, it was it. Was, we stayed in a crummy hotel. Had a shared bathroom down the hall. It was a rough trip. Uh, we were supposed to go to BET in Washington D.C. on the way back, but for some reason that didn't happen. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, it was. Um, 
It was an experience for sure. One of the few white dudes that spin them on the uh, yeah. Apollo stage, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, you got yeah. that. You got. It's got to be on video somewhere. Somewhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to look for it. <laughs> Dude, uh, man, um, you know, we could probably talk all night, and it's been a lot of fun. I've taken up enough of your time, and and. Uh, you know, talking this hip hop game and doing the things we're doing. I'm having a blast doing it. It's it one of the best things for me is is that we've got to reconnect and do the things that we do. Um, you know, we didn't even get into talking about our almost getting thrown out of of uh and we can probably we can talk about it if you want, but we almost got thrown out of DJing a high school dance for what I what today would be like tame nothing but nothing. yeah i mean we we played a two live crew song at a high school dance and was told that if we played that again we would not be allowed if, to be back if we didn't turn that <laughs> off right yeah. now yeah i mean so you know just djing back in the day and having fun and connecting like that man i i this has been a blast for me i'm glad i I don't know if I reached out to you or you reached out you to reached me. You reached out to me. But yeah, yeah. We you, got, you hit we got, me up on Facebook. Yep. I, that's in one of our songs. Hit me up on yeah. the book. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But um, we uh, we got together on at Just Love, and uh, the rest is history. And, and we're uh, – as, as long as we want to keep doing it, man, I'm going to keep doing this with you. It's yeah, been man. a lot of fun. Yes. And, um, you know, rap has been uh, an escape for me. It's been what we grew up on. It's been something that I enjoy doing. Um, you know, whether we're good at it or not, that's who's to say. But I think we're, I think we're, we're better than most people would think yeah. we were. I mean, if I played yeah, it man. for you and said who's that, then you'd be like, well, okay, that's pretty good. And then I said, well, that's me. <laughs> yeah, so, they don't believe you. Yeah, no, they don't. They they don't. So, um, anything, any uh, words of wisdom or anything you got to to leave before we uh, wrap this up? I'm gonna let you go, my man. No, man, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed uh, reminiscing uh, with some old school hip hop. Yep. And uh, check out Break 2 on SoundCloud. And, uh, man, I got to say before we go, support your local businesses, man. They need you right now. For sure. Uh, you know, or order that curbside service, man. It makes a difference. Yep. Well, well said, man. I, let's keep banging out the beats. Um, we'll finish. Uh, a song that we were writing tonight and yeah uh, verse three yeah i need your verse three yeah i'll get it and um man i appreciate you doing this with me and uh we'll keep doing it man and uh thanks for all the things you're doing and much love for you and and i'll keep praying for just love and everything we'll uh we'll get together soon thanks b all right brother i'll talk to you all soon right. see, see you bye. bye that's it folks um appreciate rob for jumping on the uh podcast Rob Webb is a friend of mine I've known for a long time, and we uh, are making music every day, break two music. I know this is a switch up from the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening to us ramble and talk about hip-hop for a while now and some of the things that we, we dealt with and grew up with, and it, maybe you smiled and laughed about some things we came up with. And Hit us up. Let me know how it goes. And Until next time. This is BJ. Appreciate you listening to Making a Turn, and I will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.